Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon, 402 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Welcome aboard. Happy Monday. Happy December. Forecast this evening, some clouds, low 34. Going to be chilly tomorrow on the cloudy side, high 42. A lot of clouds Wednesday, high 39. Sixers beat Memphis yesterday. That's their fourth win in a row. They're on a hot streak, winning eight of nine. Eagles home tonight, Monday Night Football against Washington. And uh, in our timely sort of way, we want to bring in Rob Motti, who is an Associated Price, uh, Associated Press, I should say, head writer uh, for the Eagles in Philadelphia. Hello. Hey, Timmy. How are you, buddy? Great. Great to have you on. You're heading down to the game tonight. Big game downtown. Yes, it is. It's a must-win game for the Eagles, and uh, I think we'll find out a lot about them. We'll learn a lot about this team. If, if they can win this game, they still have a chance. If they do, uh, and if they lose this game, it's uh, looking ahead to 2019. You think they, uh, you know, the Cowboys won uh, and uh, stretched their lead over the Eagles to, I guess, a game and a half. You think that was a good thing in the end because it'll maybe force the Eagles to that much more have an intensity about them rather than, oh, the Cowboys lost. We still can be near the top and – even if we lose. Yeah, I, I don't know that they had the luxury of going into any game thinking that they had a margin for error. Uh, a lot of people saw, we're rooting for the Saints, of course, and when that when we can keep going, Dallas wins that game, they go, oh, well, this is going to hurt the Eagles. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad because bottom line is this, Eagles have to win. They have to beat the Redskins and they have to beat the Cowboys next week. So had the Cowboys lost, to the Saints, but still defeat the Eagles next week, then it doesn't matter. So either way, Eagles have to beat the Redskins, beat Dallas, then they find themselves in a tie with the Cowboys, and then they have the daunting task of going to L.A. to face the high-powered Rams. So it's an uphill battle for, for the Eagles, no matter how you spin it or how you look at it. Bottom line is they control their own destiny. If they went out somehow, if they went out, they're in. So yeah. they, they know that they control their destiny and, and they have to approach it with that old cliche, Tim, one day at a time, one it's, game at a time. It's really true. It's always an exciting time, too, and Monday Night Football's in town. That's tonight. Rob Motti, uh, Associated Press Eagles uh, writer, going to be there working the game. And uh, sometime, it's just a parenthesis, I'd love to have you on to talk about the, you know, what goes into being a writer because I've worked alongside you also at times, and I know there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of, you know, the time, the timing of it, and, the, and just the timeline of how everything comes together is is pretty cool. So uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we could definitely do that at some point. There, there is a lot, there is a lot of pressure, and and you, you know what though, at the at the end of the day, you're watching a football game, you're writing about a football game, and I think there's a lot more stressful things in life. Yeah, uh, and that's. That's the best way to keep things in perspective. That's good. That's very good. And now, speaking of writing, uh, people may remember early in the, the uh, when we had this uh, Tim DeMoss program start a few months ago, you were on and we, we had talked about the book you wrote, Birds of Prey. Just give people a quick reminder what that's about in case they hadn't heard about it. Yeah, I appreciate that being that it's uh, Christmas season now and it makes for a great holiday gift. And I did find out from my publisher that the audio version of that book is on sale so if people don't get tired of hearing me everywhere I go and on radio, they could buy the book as an audio and listen to uh, me read that book. But it's the story of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, their Super Bowl run, their championship. But from the perspective of the faith 
that so many of these guys have, their Christian faith and, and how that helped them overcome adversity, helped them really become champions on the field when in, in reality they already were champions for Christ. Yeah, that's a great thing. It's called Birds of Prey, P-R-A-Y. Carson Wentz in there, Zach Ertz, and some of the other players. Are, are you finding as you're hanging out with those guys and covering the team, you, you sense that they're legit for sure, but what's it like for them going through a season like this? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think that this was – not predictable. Like, you knew adversity was going to strike. And last year, the adversity was in the form of injury after injury to key player after key player. And now you reach the top of the mountain. But we're never guaranteed as believers or as Christians to stay on top of that mountain. And, and just seeing those guys get knocked down, and in some ways, many of them are being humbled, and, and they have to fight through that, and, and they have to overcome that this year. And, and a lot of it is testing uh, their, their strength and their faith and, and who it is they turn to. Uh, do, you, do you put your identity and your worth in that championship you won last year and what people say about you, or, or does it rest in your relationship with the Lord and, and whether you win or lose, you still know that that's where you go, that's where you turn to. The bottom line is it, it's you and Christ in that relationship. Yeah. yeah. Rob Motti is our guest for just a couple more minutes. Monday Night Football tonight downtown. Eagles in Washington. Rob's heading down to cover that game and write about it. Uh, you can look him up online, by the way, after the game. Rob, M-A-A-D-D-I. As, uh, and you can see where he's contributed to his work online about the game. But uh, as you said, more, even more importantly, uh, as far as the walk with the Lord, the book Birds of Prey, and how God is, you know, people can listen to the podcast of this program at WFIL.com. You share your testimony, how God got a hold of you. And he keeps using you and giving you opportunities. I just came across the fact you're going to be doing a commencement speech coming up at Cairn uh, University, right? Yeah, I am. Uh, on December 15, I, I was asked to be the commencement speaker at Cairn. It's an incredible honor, and, and really uh, the Lord's been preparing me for different uh, stages of my life. And, and a few years ago, I, I said that, hey, I, I would love to go out there and just continue to speak, continue to share, and continue to uh, try and, and, and use my story. Uh, I like to say my story is glory. Uh, and put, put yes. my hashtag in front of it because that's what it's all about, right? Hashtag society. My, it's, it's my story, but it's all for his glory. And, and to be given that opportunity is tremendous. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, this week I have three other speaking engagements lined up, and some of them we do book signings. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. And, and the best part of it is, is seeing people. Uh, come to you afterwards and say, hey, I really needed to hear that. Whatever message it is that I bring that day, say, hey, I really needed to hear that. That's what it's all about. That's great. Well, I can tell you firsthand, if, you know, folks listening in, Rob and I played softball together. Lord really took you. You covered the team. We, we met at the Phillies and the Eagles over the years covering the teams. And, uh, you know, the Lord's really done an amazing work in your life and, and brought you from a guy who was dabbling in all kinds of other things to really getting serious with him. He's provided a godly wife for you and beautiful daughters and opportunities to play softball in prisons and, and traveling and speaking and all kinds of opportunities. Uh, so it's just it's a great thing to watch God go, you know, and, and do what he wants to with, with a heart. I, I can tell you this. I remember one time early in our conversation where you had on your on your Twitter page a uh, picture, you know, basically Jesus on the cross and uh, people kind of in Hollywood when you're doing some reality TV wanted you to take that down and said you can't do that. And you came to me, he's like, what do I do? I don't want to take it down. Uh, you know, do you, do you take it down and maybe hope your platform grows and you do it other ways? But you you wound up saying, I'm just going to leave it there, right? <laughs> the yeah, I, 
I sure did, Timmy, and, and, and I came to the conclusion uh, after some, some some prayer about it and talking to guys like you and, and, and some other people. I actually reached out to Troy Vincent from uh, former Eagle, and, and uh, he's now the second-in-command of Roger Goodell at the NFL. And, and I, I just remember having a conversation with him that specific day, and he's like, Rob, Jesus brought you to this point. You can't turn your back on him now. And I was like, no way, no way can I. And, and I know I've said this before, but i got to say it again. I, I appreciate all that you've done and the role that you've taken in helping me to get to this point. And, in fact, uh, I think it was maybe two or three weeks ago, um, I had the honor of uh, speaking at Valley Forge Baptist. And, and uh, Timmy DeMoss' name was dropped in that sermon many a time. So oh, it was pretty cool. Well, praise yeah. the Lord. Amen. We just want to be faithful and let him do what he wants to do with it, you know? So Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, keep being salt and light, too, down at the stadium tonight. And uh, we'll look forward to catch up with you again. Thanks so much, Tim. Absolutely. Rob Motti, Associated Press writer with the Eagles and uh, Phillies. Can take a brief break. Bring in Ann from our marketing department. She's going to step in to help us draw the grand prize winner of that gift basket from the November Ministry of the Month we were talking about, In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, worth almost 500 bucks. Also, our uh, author... Douglas Estes, who wrote a book called Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. Going to be our guest. We'll also give away copies of that book. It's all coming up today on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. We're 13, AM 560, WFIL, jumping right back in the mix. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, and Anne is here. Hello, Anne. Hello, everyone. Hello, Anne. Hi there. Good to see you. Good to see you. You come bringing good news. Yes. We have prizes always. to hand out. Yes, that's always good news. Yeah, but before we do the prizes, uh, you know, as this program is developing here, I want to gradually have people come in so people can know who's here at the station making stuff go, so... It's marketing director, but what does that involve for you? Well, part of my job is digital. I work on our websites, the content of our websites. I do a lot of graphics. Uh, I work on our social media, our e-newsletters, contests and surveys. I do a lot of behind-the-scenes work on that. And, of course, we have events throughout the year, and I'm one of the major players in those. Yeah, so you're all over the place. Yes. Keeping things current. Many hats. And fresh, <laughs> which is you enjoyed that, huh? Yes, yes. What, what do you much. like about it the most? I love graphic design. I do love the visuals, okay. and I like content. I like working on content. I do love making it fresh and working and yeah. changing and exciting and visually interesting to look at and all that good stuff. So you mentioned doing events, too. Just as a quick reminder, I know it, it happened, uh, I guess it was a weekend or two Just ago. Just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, we took our booth on the road. We went to the Weekend to Remember uh, Marriage Conference. It was great. Met a lot of great folks there. We took some great pictures there, some T-shirts. They were wonderful, Who man and wife. There was a couple? Yes, there was a couple, and they're matching T-shirts, and we did put it up on our social media. Yeah. Um, got to talk to our family life friends. and uh, Good, because they yeah. were, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, uh, we were seeing the registrations coming mm-hmm. in. Of course, we gave you know, a grand prize mm-hmm. away. And we had smaller prizes we gave out in conjunction with that, plus the $100 off for people who put the promo code in at the time. This was a few weeks back. But it, it, I, I saw that the, the registration count was high. Uh, I'm not sure if it got completely full or whatever, but they had hundreds of couples uh, attend. Yes, and uh, people that came up to our booth and said that they listened to our station all the time said that they liked the way we promoted it. They thought we did a very good job with it. That's good. Well, now, one of the things I know that you're also involved in is our Ministry of the Month. Yes, we do that yeah. uh, at least 10 to 11 times per year, yeah. and I'm behind the scenes working on that contest. Yeah, so last month was a, was a, 
kind of a Hall of Famer of sorts. Yes, it was. Charles Stanley. Mm-hmm. In touch. They are a great ministry. They always are very generous when it's time to do ministry of the month with them. Uh, they had a... Many layers to this. We, we gave everybody that signed up a prize. Yeah. We gave uh, every weekday winner a prize. Every weekly winner got a prize. That was four of those. Yeah. And uh, a grand prize winner, which we're going to unveil today. Yeah. Well, let's work in reverse order. I know we have one more weekday winner to draw. And that was Michelle from Blandon, PA. Michelle picked up the uh, Dr. Charles Stanley book, right? That's right. His latest book. Jesus and, is our perfect hope. If I and he, she's an all-registrant winner, so she got that packet as well. Okay. Very good. Who's our final weekly winner? That lucky person is Kim from Willingboro, New Jersey. Okay. She's our last weekly winner. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we have the grand prize, and we're going to ask our producer extraordinaire to fire up the drum roll. The world-famous Joe Harnett on the drum roll today. I have no long, no idea how long this will play. And and the winner, the grand prize, which has what in it? It's like the grand of- prize. There's like 21 items, and it is worth almost $500 wow. in a big, beautiful basket. So this person is really getting a wonderful prize. And this person is Evelyn from Philadelphia, PA. Congratulations! Woo-hoo! Congratulations, Evelyn. We're happy for you. <laughs> And all the other winners and all the other entrants, as uh, Anne was mentioning, in touch made of you know gifts for everybody who who entered in. Yes, we had many winners, so we hope we made a lot of people happy and smile. Yeah. This past month. Now we don't have an official, I guess, what you call Ministry of the Month in December. Well, what do we have looking forward? Yes, uh, annually we do this in December instead. We have a a lot of wonderful national and local ministries, as our listeners know. Yeah. And so we want to bless all those ministries, local and national. So we have some pages on our website. If you click through the pretty Christmas banner, bless the ministries that bless you all year long, you'll come to a page that lists our ministries, and you can click on their name, and it goes directly to their uh, donation page. Yeah. And then there's another page. If you click at the link at the bottom of that page, it'll take you to all our local ministries, and you can do the same thing there. It's a real neat opportunity, and it's very convenient, very easy. And I bet, and there are people who, who listen in, and some are very familiar with the, the name of the program. Some might just need a little nudge in the ribs, like, oh, yeah, that's what it's called. I, I know it's called in touch, but I forgot it was Dr. Charles Stanley. But you have all the names there, so it's easy. All the names and the uh, host of the shows. Yeah, so that helps people understand and then be a blessing to those ministries at the end of the year. There's one other quick thing, and we're just joining in with chat with Anne, uh, who's our marketing director here at WFIL, and kind of recapping things. We did a drawing a minute ago, but also looking forward, there's another long-time ministry that we like to be involved with at the end of the year, and they have a pretty cool thing going on. Oh, yes. Focus on the Family does a year-end um, matching request. If you give a gift this month, there'll be a matching opportunity with another donation. So it's a wonderful thing to do. And then usually we do make the match. And uh, that's a great thing. It really is. Focus works with many different, they work with marriages and singles and engagement and cultural stuff. So it's, there's a lot of facets to what Focus and the Family does. You can catch that program a couple times each weekday, 730 in the morning, also 830 in the evening. So that's a lot of info. And it's been helpful having you here to Get a little picture of what's going on and where we're going. Yeah, it's been fun. And Lord willing, the, you know, 2019 is going to be a big blast. Yes. Too, so. We look forward to it. Good. Thanks for stopping in, Ann. All right. Our marketing director, Ann, helping us get that grand prize winner and other info. More to come in a second, including author Douglas Estes. He has a book called Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. We'll also give away copies of that. 
It's all coming up next on AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 421 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com is the Tim DeMoss Show. And glad to bring in author now, Douglas Estes. Hello, sir. Hey, Tim. Great to, great to be on board. Yeah. Braving the Future is the book, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. What a topic. When I saw this book, because I get a lot of books in the office, I'm like, this has got to be fascinating. There's so many ways you can go with it. And, and we live in a world that's accelerating and in so many different directions. So I thought... Maybe we could start by playing it safe and just kind of run through a little bit what the book's about before we shoot off in one particular direction or another, if that works for you. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. Well, you have eight technologies that you address, eight key technologies, uh, you know, kind of chapter by chapter. Maybe just explain a little bit why you picked the ones that you did, and maybe we can dig into a couple of them a little more deeply. Sure. Uh, the reasons why I picked the ones that I did was I tried to pick ones that would be at the forefront of change in the next century or two. So when you think of the big technologies that are going to affect society, they're going to affect people, I tried to pick those. And so, you know, I picked things like uh, biohacking and gene editing and uh, virtual reality and artificial intelligence and intelligent robots, those big picture things that people think of when they think of the future. Okay. That way when the book comes out, or well, the book is out, but the way, that way the book's not outdated by next year. Right? Well, that's right. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the theological principles, though, will always, be in, will always be true. I think that a lot of times there's a couple things that come into play as Christians when we think about technology. First of all, it's tempting to get very myopic about one or two types of technology. So whenever I'm in a session or at a conference or I'm talking about technology, people always want to talk about their iPhone and they want to talk about their smartphone. But that's only one aspect of technology. So if you get super focused on that, then you can miss some of the other issues that go into when we handle technology. The second thing is the uncritical acceptance of it. As Christians, we want to think about technology before it gets here so that we can start to formulate an opinion, study the Bible, uh, pray about it, understand what God wants us to do with this technology, how it can be used, how it can be used negatively, um, and so that we are informed so that we can have a good opinion and be able to contribute to society through an informed opinion about technology. Yeah, because whether you like it or not, it's here, and it's in and around, and it can be good, right? I mean, but, but again, it can also be very adverse if you're not careful. That's right. It is here. It's growing. It's going to continue to grow. And, and I would say that for myself, I consider myself a tech optimist. So what that means is I'm optimistic about what technology can do for people in our world. At the same time, as a believer, I want to be cautious about how we approach technology because every technology is not going to be the same. Some are going to be very positive. Some are going to have positives and negatives, and some are going to be detrimental. Um, so the, even though we can be optimistic about technology, the reality is we still want to approach it in a cautious manner. Yeah. Douglas Estes is our guest. The new book is called Braving the Future, A Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Technology and Tech. Um, you mentioned speaking, and this is a good time to mention you have other hats that you wear besides author. You've written a lot of books. You're an associate professor of New Testament and practical theology and director of the Demon program at South University of Columbia. 
You've also uh, pastored several churches, and it sounds like you do do a number of uh, speaking engagements, perhaps from time to time, and engage people, which is which is great to help people think about how their faith intersects with uh, with everyday life, and in this case, technology. Yes, exactly right. And I think that as by wearing multiple hats, you know, I'm approaching this as someone who's trained in biblical studies. So I spend a lot of my time and most of my writings are in dealing with the biblical text directly. And so this gives me an opportunity to inform my thinking of theology uh, I'm sorry, of technology with biblical studies. Yeah, and the folks have uh, picked up Christianity today. They'll see you in there occasionally, right? In the science section, you uh, right. often contribute there too. That's so, right. So let's pick one of the eight, te- eight key technologies you addressed. You mentioned, uh, you know, let's say virtual reality. People have heard that phrase quite a bit, and I think some people would be like, I, yeah, I, I know what that is. I think I know what that is. But, uh, talk about that a little bit, and then if you would, expand a little bit and say, you know, with the other seven that you address – there, if there's a pattern and how you want to in, both inform, how you want to help people through the process of here's one, here's what it's about, and, and here's how you can have the right heart, uh, heart principles as you think about these things. Sure. Uh, what I could do is kind of walk you through the book in a way, because there's really uh, three parts to the book. The, the first part is each chapter, as you mentioned, deals with a different, uh, different technology. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the virtual reality in just a second. Sure. But each one, you know, I start with a, a modern movie that demonstrates how this technology is going to be used maybe in the future um, as it's envisioned by Hollywood. So that's kind of a way to get people thinking and talking about these different technologies. And, and then the second thing, as you mentioned, is that I talk about the technology itself, give a little bit of an overview. Um, and then the third thing is, is I bring in a principle of who God is and who we are in relation to God. And I do that with each technology and explain how the technology can affect either positively or negatively our perception of who God is. Okay. okay. So like in the in the virtual reality chapter, you know, I talk about virtual reality for those that are not familiar. It's basically you're strapping yourself to a glass and you're seeing the world um, from the perspective of being online, but in, instead of being two-dimensional, you know, at your desk with a computer with a small screen, you're totally immersed in that world. You feel it. You, you can sense it. You, you see it. You hear it. The reality is, is that when you look at something like virtual reality, um, the example of the movie I give is Ready Player One, but it's really easy for then um, once that becomes a part of society more than it is now, for us to have that shape our view of who we are and, and who God is. So, for example, with some of the technologies, um, it's, it'll be really easy for us to say, even more than we do now, we don't need God. Or, you know, we're sovereign over our world. We can do whatever we want to do, like in the, in the case of the autonomous robot. You know, I don't need any, anything else other than myself. Yeah. Or um, in the example of artificial intelligence, I can live by myself without needing community and without needing God. Yeah. So if you take Brave in the Future and you look at the, the technologies that I, I go through are, number one, virtual reality. Number two, autonomous, machi- <laughs> autonomous machines. I got going too fast there. Yeah. Uh, number three, gene editing. Number four, artificial intelligence. Number five, brain-computer interfaces. Number six, intelligent robots. Number seven, nanotechnology. And number eight, cybernetics. And each of those technologies, then I discuss how that could shape our view of ourselves and our, our view of God. Okay. Let, let me give a simple example yeah, okay, sure. that everybody will relate to. Yeah. Okay, so I give this example in, in, our, in my book. 
if you go back a couple hundred years ago, nobody cared about the way their lawn worked or the, the way their lawn looked. Okay, so if you go outside, you see grass, nobody cared. They, we didn't have lawnmowers. We didn't cut the grass. It just grew how it wanted to grow, and that's the way it was. Yeah. But then with the, with the advent of modern sports – a couple hundred years ago, people started saying, you know, I, maybe we need to shape the grass up so we can, we can play sports better. Yeah. And then that created lawn care, which then eventually led to the invention of the basic lawnmower, which then ended up inventing the whole idea that uh, everybody's lawn has to be picture perfect. So we cr- technology created a, uh, a perspective on life. And all of these technologies will do far more than the lawnmower. They will change the way we see our world. They'll change the way we see each other. They'll change the way we see God. So we need to be aware of that before they get here. Douglas Estes is our guest. The book is called Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. And, you know, as you're talking there, I'm thinking there have got to be plenty of examples over the years where when technology in any sector happened or started to happen— uh, the human heart and human mind start racing about, hey, maybe we could do this. And maybe it is in a good direction, maybe it's not. And so kind of getting back to what you said near the beginning of our conversation, with the thrust of this book, as much as you're educating people in all these different areas, really the thrust of it, if I'm if I'm thinking this correctly, is that you really want to help people trust in God, you know, don't be afraid of technology, but also make sure your your heart's in the right spot, that you're following the Lord uh, and not just kind of being carried along by the current. That's exactly right. And one of the arguments I make in my book is that if you, if you look back through human history, technology has always been a part of human history. From the moment Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, technology appeared in the form of tools, okay, which is basically just the same. It's, a tool is basically a form of technology. It's just a, a rudimentary form, okay? Yeah, and sure. a hammer or a shovel is really no different than a smartphone. It's just more advanced, the smartphone is. That's all it is. So from the beginning, humans have always had uh, tools. They've always had technology. They, as long as we're here, we will always have tools. We will always have technology. The key, though, is is not allow that to shape who we are, um, and not to change our view of who God is. The problem that comes in right now, Tim, is that even though we've always had technology, that the speed of technology is accelerating, okay? So the one example I use in my book is that in the ancient Near East, uh, if you had a king who had never seen a chariot before, uh, and he goes into battle, and he sees a chariot for the first time in battle, he's going to want to have that chariot. He's going to stop at nothing to get that chariot. But that will be the one defining technology of his life. That will be the one new technology he will see his entire life. But for us, we will go through waves and waves of technology uh, where the world keeps changing faster and faster, and that's why it's harder to keep up, which is why we need a more robust theology of technology as Christians today. Author Douglas Estes is our guest, uh, Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech is the book. If you want to win a copy, text me, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, just the word tech and your name and address to 610-500-3683. We'll take a brief break, continue our conversation with uh, author Douglas Estes in just a second here on AM560 WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL 
and WFIL.com. 434 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show. Some clouds, the forecast for tonight, low 34 on the cloudy side tomorrow, high 42. Lots of clouds for Wednesday, high just 39. Sixers beat Memphis yesterday. That's our fourth in a row and eight out of the last nine on a nice little win streak there. Eagles home this evening. Big Monday night football matchup against Washington. We continue our conversation with author Douglas Estes. The book is called Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. So uh, just you have some thoughts in general about these, the things that, that, you know, as consumers even, and to try to be educated, A, how you can educate yourself about stuff that's out there. I mean, your book is a great start. And in general, uh, because it's tough, there's so much going on, it would be kind of easy to fall back into, well, I can't feel it. I can't see it. It doesn't seem to affect me, so I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, You know what I mean? So to be a little more proactive than that, right? Yes, I think that we should, as Christians, be more proactive in that. And I think part of that is just our general cultural engagement. Um, When Christians tend to check out of things in our society, then those things just continue apace without us commenting and without us helping to shape how those go. So again, that's why I think it's really important. And I think that in order to do that, and this is one of the reasons why I wrote Braving the Future the way I did, is I think that it requires us not to get overly focused on some of what I call the low-hanging fruit of the discussion. Because again, if, if, I, if I were to go to a conference and speak on this, uh, before I spoke, if I met like eight, of, say 10 people, eight of the 10 people would want to either talk about their smartphone or or self-driving cars that would be like number one and number two you know of the of the kind of questions I get that's what everybody wants to talk about and that's important but I want people to think beyond this because just because we decide that smartphones are evil and get rid of them first of all it doesn't mean that technology is going to stop it's just going to keep on coming Um, and nor does it really solve the problem it doesn't it doesn't help us to figure out what to do when the next iteration gets here because the smartphone as it is right now I don't want to put a year on it but its time is, is going to be limited. There's going to be something else on the horizon that's bigger and, and more difficult for us to deal with, and, it's, and it'll be here soon. Interesting. It really, <laughs> you know, it's just even on that, on that low-hanging fruit of smartphone or, as you say, the self-driving cars, I guess those right. things, because they're so – people imagine, like, who could drive a – how could that work? Or, you know, that's because it affects everyday life to that degree, and it's a little more uh, tangible – um, right. I think about the effects of these things and even like when uh, you're a kid, you know, growing up and when I was a kid, you know, you play all day Saturday afternoon, you're with your friends playing football somewhere and you check in five hours later. There's not this uh, let me check my phone and my, maybe my, somebody texted me or, you know, that how right. your life is shaped. That's a discipline thing, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just even on an everyday level, your life, the quality of your life is changing because there's so, you're connected to so much stuff that instead of being in one spot to be able to enjoy the, the moment, um, as it were. So that's just a side note. But I, 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 set, I set that up to say, as you studied all these things and, and think about these things, would you? is there a way to sum up um, the concept of technology, generally speaking, would you say is not bad in and of itself? It's just how it's being used or, or – well, yes. Let me give you a principle and, uh, and then start there, and then let me give you an idea. Okay. okay. So the principle is this, is that um, when we think about technology, and we think about a lot of time, most of the time, about concerns about technology, we're almost always thinking about the technology that was invented in our lifetime. Okay. Yeah. So t- 
technology that we grew up with, we tend to think as being, well, it's always existed, so therefore, what's <laughs> yeah. controversial about it? Now, there's some obvious exceptions. Nuclear weapons, you know, would be one. But, yeah. but uh, nobody ever stops to think, I wonder if we should have invented the hammer. Do you think that the hammer is a problem or not? You know, we never <laughs> right. have a smartphone conversation about a hammer. You know, my five-year-old son asked me this morning, he said, Dad, can I have a, a, a knife, you know, like a pocket knife? And my wife and I were like, no, not at this point. But we didn't have, like, this long conversation. But yet a pocket knife can be at least as dangerous as a, uh, a smartphone, you know, yeah. in, in, under the given circumstances. So the principle of it is is that it's hard to cope with technology once you become an adult, new technology once you become an adult. It's much more circumspect. If you grow up with it, it doesn't seem to bother you. It just seems to be technology. Now, here's the idea. The idea is that given that technology exists that way, again, when you, when you go all the way back in Scripture, the, some of the very first people after Adam and Eve are known by the technology that they invented. Okay. Okay. So, so if you if you look in Genesis, you'll see that there is various technologies that uh, the people right after Adam and Eve. That's that's how they were known by. That's how they're described by. Okay. So so immediately upon release from the garden, humans created tools. Okay. So tools have been with us uh, since the beginning, and they will continue on uh, as long as we are here. The the reality is is that these tools are just a byproduct of us living in the world. So you asked about, you know, is it the tool or is it us? I talk about that in the book because that's a debate among technology uh, philosophers and theologians. Yeah. Is, you know, it, it does, does technology shape us? Do tools shape us or do we shape tools? And I come down on the side more of we shape tools. Now, that's a little bit unusual because a lot of philosophers feel that tools shape us. But I think at the end of the day, and I give lots of examples in our book, that ultimately we are responsible for the way that we use tools. Yeah. We are the responsible for the way. And, and I think that the, the reason why that's important and the reason why I make that, that statement uh, frequently is because I don't want to absolve us of the responsibility to act wisely. God gives us one life. We have the responsibility to honor him and act wisely in that life, and that includes in our relationship and in our use of tools. Author Douglas Estes is our guest, Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech is the book. We'll have one more conversation or continue or wrap up with him in just a couple of minutes. A reminder, if you'd like to win a copy of this book, we have a couple to hand out. Text me at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just your name and address in case you win. We could mail that out to you tomorrow. Um, slap the word in there, tech. If you, you know, there were tech in there. If you think of it, it'll help me sort the text out properly. Again, 610-500-DOVE. Put the word tech in there and your name and address with the zip. And you could find yourself winning author Douglas Estes' book, Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. Back in just a moment with more on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Don't you like this music, by the way, before we go to our break? I love this music. This is like my favorite. Vince Garaldi. Joe, you like this? Joe is the hardest working producer in Philadelphia between 402 and 45850. I'll have you know. What are you doing over there? You have your headphones on. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was just looking to see where the volume was for my headphones. Okay. So, you know, he was a great piano player that didn't live long enough to see the success of all this music for... Peanuts. Vince Garaldi. Yeah. It's true. Yes. Well, Chris- I didn't make it up. 
The Christmas special, by the way, Charlie Brown Christmas comes up uh, Thursday night, I think it is. I gotta go find that calendar of the Christmas specials. We're, we're going to save and refresh right now. Are you? <laughs> I think we're. I think we're safe. You're a refreshing kind of guy, Joe. <laughs> He's working in the computer over there. Yes, we're stalling slightly to push the button. Let's do it. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 446 AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Don't forget, if you want to win a copy of the book uh, Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech by our guest today, Douglas Estes, text me at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, name address and zip code in there. With the word tech, and we'll draw a couple of winners. Uh, in your book, sir, I uh, came across a chapter where you actually think, am I, tell me if I'm wrong, that you think at some point it won't be uncommon for folks to have a robot in their homes. No, I, I would say that's true. I, I think that um, given enough time, all these uh, technologies will be prevalent in our society. So an intelligent robot is basically a, a, a mechanical life form, if you want to call it that for a second, mechanical object, depending upon how you view it, um, that will, will accomplish tasks in your home. So as you said, we already have a very simplistic one in the little Roomba, you know, that goes around the room and sweeps things up. Okay, yeah. You know, it works on an algorithm uh, and it, you know, calculates how to vacuum and that sort of thing. But the, 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 the challenge is always been mobility. And so people have been hopeful for these kind of technologies, but we see them in factories increasingly. We see them now. I haven't been to one of these fast food restaurants that have robots working there. Um, but increasingly, the technology is coming into play um, where it is going to become a reality. I mean, I use the example of um, you know, if you go back into the mid-20th century, computers occupied whole rooms with vacuum tubes. It was hard for people to see that that may one day be as small as something that would fit in your hand and would work, you know, a million times better. But the same thing will be true of intelligent robots. It's really only a matter of time. Yeah. Douglas Estes is our guest, Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. Uh, he's the Associate Professor of New Testament and Practical Theology and the Director of DMIN, uh, the DMIN program at South University in Columbia, pastored several churches, uh, written a lot of books, also a regular contributor to the science section of uh, Christianity Today. Uh, and in this book, I guess the, really the goal, uh, a core goal, is to help uh, believers get engaged, trust God, don't be fearful, don't pull the cover over your head. And say, I just don't want to have to think about it. It's too much work, or I don't. I'm scared. Maybe some people are just kind of scared of technology or where it may go. Uh, and uh, but on the other side, to not just uh, kind of well, oh, this is the newest thing. Let me let me try it. You know, have a have a. Uh, my brother Bob is an as an author. He's actually written a lot of books as well. And he he wrote one called Learn to Discern, and it was teaching parents how to help their kids digest culture like TV and music and and be thinking and not just throw it all out, but also not just Swallow it whole. So right. uh, that sounds similar in terms of the technology side of things. And this is fascinating because if you're just joining us, uh, Douglas talks about the uh, things that are that are still far off, but not so far off. And maybe even some of them are happening now. So that this is something to you have time. That's I guess the good news, right? You have a little time to engage this and ramp yourself up into thinking about the future in these things. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean the 
The thing that I do, as an example, uh, like many Christian families uh, with small children, we, we talk about things that are going to happen in life. We talk about things that you need to be aware of. And one of the things that oftentimes is not covered in those family discussions, I think for many Christians, is technology. And I think that that should be a part of those conversations that you have with your kids. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, but then it puts it back on the parent. Uh, you know, to that's be right. to be on ahead of the curve, and and you kind of that's the point of this book too, right? Instead of uh, being a believer and being two or three steps behind, it's trying to run out in front and uh, take a front and you know, look from the front rather than the backside. That's right. But to encourage your listeners, you don't have to be a tech expert. The only thing you really need to be an expert in is your relationship with God. Because if you have a clear understanding of who God is, and you know what God has given you the task to do here in life, then you are a, you're going to be able to navigate the technology just fine. Um, the reason is, is because no matter how the tools change, no matter how the technology changes, um, God is still the same. We're still the same. Part of our task is to be faithful and wise in this life. And so the more we know God, the more that we will be able to discern what to do with technology. Yeah, very good. And uh, one last thing, I just, uh, you know, you also discuss uh, something called transhumanism. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So one of the things I get into a little bit in the book is that the world always has various philosophies that it will push at people. And one of them, one of the new ones that's coming is something called transhumanism. And that's a big word. You don't need to really spend a lot of time thinking about it. But it's just an idea that technology is going to make our life so good that um, that we don't need to worry about anything else. And you you we probably won't hear that word a lot in our culture, but we see it a lot of times in movies. Hollywood loves to bring that theme into various movies, so we're exposed to it over and over again um, if we're not even aware of it. And so the reality is, though, is that it is a tempting idea to believe that technology will eliminate our problems, but it's not based on reality. What was that movie uh, about, I don't know, five, ten years ago uh, already where the kids were like – Transcendence? Uh, no, no. no, it was a younger one. It was just, you know, it was uh, where the world was. Uh, the kids are like being sitting in big chairs and they're being fed and, and they're, they're, they're just being carted around on uh, little scooters. And Oh, you mean the Disney movie, Wally? Wally, that's right. Before yes. the world turned, not so good. So, yes. I mean, a little example, maybe, kind of. The, all the all the movies I mentioned in the book are all examples. Those yes, Wally is definitely somewhat of an example. Transcendence with Johnny Depp was a was a huge was probably one of the biggest examples, the most overt. But it's it is a current theme over and over again in movies that one day technology may be able to make things better, or they go the other way. Sometimes Hollywood does and say you know uh, technology is will be wonderful for the elite, but uh, everybody else will be second class citizens and. So they they spin it both ways. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of good stuff to think about. I'm glad you wrote the book. Yeah. Well, I'm, it was a great uh, great joy to write it, and it was a lot of fun too. Does it take a lot of time, or I mean, I'm sure it takes a certain amount of time, but uh, been in the making for quite some time, or. No, it actually uh, it was actually a relatively uh, relatively uh, recent project that I, I decided to put on my plate, and um, it, uh, it it's timely, you know. So it's not one of those things that um, you can think about for years. Uh, although I have been working with technology and um, theology uh, as 
you know, co-ideas for a long time um, since the beginning of of my academic career. But uh, this particular one, no, we just felt like, you know, the time is right to be able to put something in people's hands and get them thinking about these issues. That's great. That's great. Uh, Douglas SD is our guest. Braving the Future is the book, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. As you're talking about it, whether it's something on that simpler level like an everyday uh, smartphone or whether it's something bigger like virtual reality or artificial intelligence uh, and maybe things that we learn about in the future, the next 10, 20, 50 years or, or beyond. I keep coming back to, I think what you said really as a good encouragement for people to remember, God's still God. We're still his people. And let's like walk with him and walk through this, you know, in light of what scripture has to say. Things like, I had a pastor once who shared, he said, you know, comfort, for example, comfort did not die for you on a cross because right. it is easy for comfort to be what we're after and not the comfort in and of itself is bad. And even the Holy Spirit is our comforter, but it can be easy to want to find the easiest path in life. And even at that last thing we were talking about there with uh, transhumanism. And so if you have a smartphone or if you have a robot or if you have other things, doesn't mean it has to be a bad thing, but guard your heart, right? Make sure that you're right. not taking these things and saying, okay, yeah, like I don't need God or I don't have to talk to God as much because I can do it myself now or, or whatever else, or what becomes important to me is comfort rather than, you know, serving God. If that's where he calls me to a place that's not comfortable, you know, that's right. That's right. The, the reality is, is that technology has, always been here with us, um, but it's been very easy for us to get comfortable with technology because it changed very slowly. So it caused us for generations, really since the dawn of time, for us to have a uncritical acceptance of technology because we thought of it more as tools than technology. Um, and so we didn't, when something new was invented, we didn't think, oh, you know, is this going to change our world? But because it's happening starting in the 20th century, it's happening faster and faster and faster. Um, it's causing us to really rethink what it means uh, to address technology as a Christian. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a privilege. I had one last side thought come to mind, just on the, as a PS, perhaps, if you have a second. Um, sure. Just uh, do you have are there are there technologies or things um, for those who are on the slightly fearful side, like uh, you know, wanting to kind of hope things just don't go bad, or you know, I've, I had a conversation a couple of days ago. Even I mentioned earlier, some you know how you can be on one website and go to another website, and all of a sudden the thing you were looking at the previous websites on the is advertising the the new site you're on, and how right. you algorithms, yeah. artificial intelligence at work right there, right. So that or you, people will say you know cover up the dot on your screen, your your webcam because people are looking right. at you and things like that. Are there any real uh, real things to be super careful about that you can think of versus just you know, some of it's still yet to be developed. We'll see how it goes that people should be aware of in that regard. Um, I th- as far as what we should be very careful about, we should be very concerned about, you mean? Yeah, I get even yeah. I, th- I think of smartphones. I get my coffee at Dunkin Donuts and this month it's a dollar forty nine for large if you use right. your app. Right. So if you pay with your app rather than walk in and pay two nineteen. So right. but I still think, right. you know, that well now somebody knows where I've been and, and what I did. <laughs> you right. know? Right. I think um, what I would say, the two biggest concerns uh, that I would say is, first of all, uh, is biohacking, um, which is the ability to change your 
um, your physiology or you know your body, your organic part there, um, with uh, through your own use of medical science, um, and that's coming. Um, it's already here. People experimenting on themselves. Uh, I think that would be a big cautionary yellow flag, if not red flag, for people. Yeah. Along those lines, obviously, there was in the, in the news the claim um, this week that a Chinese scientist gene edited the first baby um, that went to that was that was born uh, through a normal birth, and um, obviously, gene editing humans is a huge red flag that that needs to really be. Um, very carefully considered before anybody does that. Um, so that would be a big one, I think, biohacking and gene editing. And then I think the, also when you, when, you, when you get right down, you also want to be careful. When we start being able to hook our brains to computers uh, and tell the computer what to do, um, the computer will have, in to some degree, some small way at first, the capacity to capture things from us, whether it be maybe a memory or an image or a snapshot or an idea. And that can be useful in the long run, but that technology has got a long, long way to go. And so that would be also something that would be a big proceed with caution. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad the book came across our desk here and glad we could have some time together. Thanks so much for taking time uh, with us. Sure. Thanks, Tim. Author Douglas Estes, congrats to Sharon and East Lansdowne, Rita in Southampton, New Jersey, both winning his book, Braving the Future. Way to go. Have a great evening, everyone. Jim Axum, Acts 413 Ministries, is going to lead in prayer next, followed by Truth for Life with Alistair Begg on AM560 WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.